we also really believe in conscious consumerism and so you know if you don't need to buy something don't buy it but if you are going to buy something buy something of quality that's going to last you generations welcome to the expanded podcast with your host Lacey phillips As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. It's that pre-Mercury retrograde shadow phase. I don't know about you all, but I actually am super prosperous during Mercury retrograde every time. It's only the pre-phase, that two weeks before, and the post-shadow phase that just do me in. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm finally back from Scotland. I just got in on Tuesday and the cold finally caught me because of that 11 hour flight back where I didn't sleep and I didn't I couldn't take any of the stuff on my protocol so forgive my voice it's fresh I'm just resting and tuning in to the tutor show <laughs> I never watched it so I'm rotating between that right now the politician and the new Paul Rudd show so yeah, those are the few things that I like to just binge while I'm sick and sleep. So yeah, Scotland was incredible. It, it really does feel like my heart, forgive any loud noise in the background too, we're still building that second unit that we're going to live in while we're redoing this house. So disclaimer, but Scotland really feels like my heart. It was so confirming to go there again on this trip and it just, I've never had such a soul connection to a place. So I'll definitely be going back in January. I'm going to start meeting with a lawyer and a realtor and see what that really looks like for the potential of the next retreat house, also simmering on one in the state. So we'll see if and what happens first. But actually, I had such a massive expander experience while I was there because an old former client of mine, Claire, who is in the UK, turned me on to a place called Lundy's house. We'll link it below. So I stayed at the Five Farms, which I told you about. And then I headed, that was in the east, and I headed all the way up to the north to this really cool group of people, Swedes, I believe, who own these like estates and farmhouses and things throughout Scotland and have just designed them so beautifully and created these experiences. And so Lundy's is one of those. And I posted a lot about it on Instagram. And so... The design is actually very similar to the retreat house, but much more in a Scandinavian Scottish way. But what was so incredible about it, so it's in a place called Tongue, which is right at the top tip. The Sutherlands is sort of the area. And what's so incredible about it is it's an old manse, so like an old mansion. 
However, the owners sought out and found these incredible people who have really run with it. And so a woman named Marta, James, who's the lead chef, Jack, who is the other chef, and they created this phenomenal experience. So your dinner and breakfast is always included, but we're not talking about like a buffet style. These, I think they're former chefs of um, a really famous restaurant in Sweden. And so it really is like a Michelin star quality meals twice a day and they'll pack you a lunch. And it was such an amazing experience. So I stayed in the top loft, the flora, and this is totally unsponsored. I paid full price for this. Didn't even know what to expect truthfully, except for good design. And so every single night they made these three course meals with bites and dessert, and they accommodated to a tea my dietary restrictions right now because I'm doing the Karen Hurd protocol through my coach, Unique Hammond. We'll link both below. I've been talking about them a lot. So I'm not having so many things, dairy, sweeteners of any kind, including fruit right now. Um, I truthfully just can't really have eggs on their own. I can have them in things, but that happened two years ago. I think I just overate way too many eggs and developed a tiny allergy that hopefully will pass one day. So they completely accommodated and made vegan things from scratch for me and made sure I was totally included in this like high, high quality dining experience every day. And it just feels, you know what it felt like? It's sort of what you see in those old boarding house shows, except like incredible design and no rules where, you know, it was like sort of this person owns, you know, a really big home and rents out the rooms and makes dinner for them and creates this familial experience through all of the people who are letting, you know, the different rooms are staying there. And that's what it felt like in the final evening. They created this outdoor experience, which was incredible because it was raining and windy. And James, the chef, he was actually barbecuing around the pit fire. And it was just so, I met so many beautiful people there. It was the first time traveling on my own. So I met incredible creatives and and a couple of people from the States, some Finns, some South Africans. So it's just this unbelievable experience. So if anybody is looking for somewhere to holiday in Scotland, if you're in the UK or you're thinking about making a trip there, truthfully above, I've stayed at some incredible places all over the UK. This changed my heart and is now for sure the expander and the model of of whatever I do at the next uh, retreat experience. So I'm certainly calling in an incredible team like Marta, James and Jack, who completely blew my mind open about what hosting uh, and hospitality can look like in such an intimate, chic way. Mind blown. So yes, that'll be linked below if you're remotely considering a trip up there. And of course it's, it's like totally uh, lining the sea. So it's, it has locks, it has sea. It's, it's just so beautiful up there. So I just wanted to throw that out there and talk about that. And a couple of other really special places that I always go to when I'm in the UK, I always hit egg trading. That's my favorite clothing design shop, which everybody knows that. I think I tag them in most every photo. I discovered them about three years ago at Dover Street Market. And it's just to me, the just the best shopping experience too. Like back then I would really have to save up to get a piece. And they're pieces that I've had for life. I've never discarded an egg piece and I they're timeless. So I see them being in my closet forever. 
And this time I picked up, they have an incredible Oxford shirt that kind of, it's it's white and sort of canvasy feeling and it flares at the bottom. And then they have a cashmere sweater that rolls and is perfect over them or over those bigger, I forget what they're called, kind of dresses, but Casey Casey makes dresses like that. And anyway, so I picked up some wonderful pieces there. Chiltern Hotel is always my absolute favorite Favorite place to stay in London. I love their dining experience as well. It's the same creators of Bowery in New York, and they own another one in Amagansett. But so those are some things if anybody's kind of looking for a guide. I also have on the blog, if you just Google to be magnetic Scotland, I have a great old roundup there. I also have the same thing for London, which I had a friend of mine who's in the UK curate. So really incredible shopping, dining, stay. So anybody who might have those on your radar to be traveling, I just wanted to share that with you. And and I do want to give a special shout out to a really new special brand that I don't know if it came from doing this work, but a great friend of mine, Mel, uh, who's totally like heading up her company. You guys have heard her on the podcast twice. She is the co-founder of Conscious City Guide. She reached out recently and said her friend wanted to thank me for doing the work and wanted to send me one of the wool sweaters from her line she's since put into the world, which is called Covet. And I received that. And I I get so many gifts from you guys for this very reason. And to me, I cherish every single thing that you send me. This one was this beautiful handmade wool cardigan that's just mind-blowing. And it's so, so in my style. And when I opened it, I was like, oh my God, thank you, universe. Because the whole time I was in Scotland, I was looking for something identical to it, like the perfect cardigan, which I don't own. And this is another piece I'll have for life. So I do have to give this line a shout out and link it below because it's really, really quite special. But aside from that, I'm uh, finally, my body has totally communicated that I can't mess around anymore like I did on my travels, that it's time to do bed rest. I never get sick. And so the fact that I even caught a cold, uh, I especially never get sick on travels. I think my body is at its wits end and the bed rest officially starts now. And and so I took my my big first step in this, which I'll share with you because I was so open uh, last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago, actually, about what's going on in the whole bed rest and, and how my shadow is presenting and the work I'm doing around it. And I received a really heavy big ping that I needed to move my work schedule around so that I take all calls Monday morning and anything I have to be, you know, physically present for or anything like that on Tuesday, true projector style, only two to three hours a day. And the rest of the week is literally in bed sleeping. I thought I could kind of get away on this trip with being mindful and restful. There were many days, especially up at Lundy's, that I I stayed in bed most of the day and just slept and read. Wasn't enough. (laughs) So I'm finally really listening. And I have to give an incredible shout out to this team, especially Julia, who, you know, really facilitated this shift in my schedule. And and how gracious I am to her and the whole team for supporting me undyingly. Everybody has been so supportive. And I think my response to everyone is like, oh my God, I'm so shadowy. Thank you so much. So I have to give the biggest, biggest shout out to everybody and, and gratitude because I'm really going to embark on that. And I'm serious about it. So it's so funny too, because this time of year, this happened to me actually, I think it was two years ago 
when I was, I went to meet Max in Milan and then we road trip to a place called Uzaz, France. And I stopped at a little store. I was great. My body, because I'm an intuitive eater, will tell me when it's craving something. And it was craving reishi. I used to be like the crazy adaptogen girl. In fact, you can find a lot of those old recipes and tonics way before people were doing that whatsoever. And so obviously ashwagandha, so many of them, but reishi I had a connection with, but it's only in the last three years that my body will communicate to me at this time. It needs it. And so I happened to stumble into a store then, like a tiny health food store. They call it Bio, Bio, you know, for organic. And they had four sigmatic reishi, which to me, I'll be really honest, I've tried so many different adaptogens from different companies. And I do find theirs to be the most extracted and bioavailable, which is really important. So it really does instantly feel to me. And it's it's fascinating. I remember sitting in New York like a year ago and their slogan for the reishi is uh, yoga in a cup. I think that was it. It's still maybe I'm not sure, but I went, yeah, this is fucking yoga in a cup. And so it's always around that January mark. I guess that was just last year, January. How funny that it's, it's hitting me a little bit earlier because I was actually in a cold and rainy place. And so this whole trip, I picked up Four Sigmatic Reishi and their lion's mane, and I enjoyed it the entire time. That was sort of the thing I was drinking, which because of this protocol, I can't have anything but water. And so that was really it was a, it's a beautiful little treat, right? And I only drink it when my body's really craving it, but I'm super turned on to that. And that really got me through, um, as an enjoyment cup and zenness when I did have to rest on this trip as well. And they've always been pretty big supporters of me. I think I even am one of their very first quotes on their site from ages ago. And so they've been generous enough to give us the code TBM15 for 15% off storewide on their online shop, if that is speaking to you as well. Yeah. Well, today's guest, let's get into that, is Koyuchi. Ah, Koyuchi is today's guest. Oh my gosh. I already tell a pretty prominent story in the beginning of this, so I'm not going to go too in depth, but I will just say that I did 1000% manifest Koyuchi. There's so many instances of this, but I talk about when I received my very first Kweyuchi piece when I was really young. It was from actually my ex's mother, who, you know, is still a best friend of mine. Really incredible design. I, she's Parisian and, and bohemian on top of that. And she gifted me my first Kweyuchi piece. And I remember being like, one day my whole house will be Kweyuchi. And then when we were putting together Doc very early on after we had acquired the retreat house, we put together this like dream doc of who we would love to collaborate and partner with on the house to facilitate, stock it, design it. And Koyuchi was a big one of those. And so they reached out, uh, I don't know, a few months ago and they don't do paid partnerships, which I didn't even like fathom because I was just so happy that they were in touch and, you know, they wanted to do an Instagram thing. And I was like, I have a better idea. Why don't you guys stock the house and, you know, and we'll like just very organically share you. And so that was the case. And that, that developed into having them on the podcast, which I'm so 
happy we did. I mean, this episode far surpassed even the goodness that I knew it would be. This episode is so enlightening about how sustainable, how deep, how responsible, how much quality a brand can become. This brand has blown my mind. If anybody out there is passionate about design, if you ever want to have a homewares company, stock homeware, if you're just generally interested in loungewear, homeware, bedding, you will never turn back after listening to this episode. I think it can hit the hearts of everybody. And there's just so many expansive moments in it where we just learn about what true integrity out of a company can look like. So... I'm so excited because we end up having Sejal and Margot, two top people within the company, join and really go deep into explaining why this brand has such deep integrity. And they've been wonderful enough to offer everybody a code 30% off of an order of 200 or more using the code EXPANDED, all caps. And um, you'll definitely hear what my favorite picks are in the brand. Let's get into this. It's so good. So welcome to the podcast. So I'm going to kick off. Who wants to start off telling us a little bit about the history? And then I'm going to go into my personal experience of why I think I manifested Koyuchi <laughs> for the house. Sure, I can kick off. So this is Sejal, and I've actually been at Koichi for about a year, but Koichi was founded in 1991 by Christine Nielsen. And so she actually was a pioneer in organic cotton. She was a weaver herself and kind of developed this community of hand weavers in Oaxaca and Mexico. And during one of her trips there, she actually discovered cotton in its rawest form. And it was this brownish sort of cotton and it was natural and organic and really was fascinated by that and brought that back to Point Reyes where we were founded. And it's really where, you know, organic cotton with Koichi really started. So it's interesting because the word Koichi is actually from an Aztec language and it means cotton, but it also refers to kind of the brownish, whitish hue of a coyote's fur. And so it's pretty interesting. Amazing. Yeah. And can you just give us in a nutshell, well, first I want to give my personal example. Sure. I want to nail it down <laughs> because I've been such a fan of the brand since I think I was 20. I was telling you guys earlier before this, but I was 27 or 28 when I was first introduced to it by my ex's mother who gave me one of your kind of Turkish towels. I, what's the name of that? The Mediterranean towel. Because you still have it. We do. It's yes, amazing. It's one of our best sellers. And yeah. I still have it. Wow. <laughs> it's the yellow one. But I remember when I was introduced to it, I was like, every, because people in this brand know how much I love design and I really connect with design that hits all of the elements. So it felt chic. It was like a perfect weight. It was also the texture of it wasn't like the cheap, you know, you've seen the flimsy ones if you're in France or if you're in Europe, you can kind of just access them everywhere. And then also the branding was so beautiful. And then I would start to notice I was so poor then that all my favorite design spaces that I'd go into, like Nikki Kehoe or whatever, <laughs> that I couldn't like afford anything, but they carried you. And I remember then making a mental note. I was like, one day my house is going to be full of Oh, I love that story. Exactly. I love hearing that. And, you know, having only worked for the brand for a short period of time, I hear so many of 
the stories that are similar to yours. And I think that's what, what really, you know, drew me to the brand and what's so amazing is that people really do have this passionate, you know, kind of affinity for the brand and it, it makes doing our jobs a lot easier. And I think I just, that's so important to be with a company on here. We feature so many guests that left the shitty job to go, <laughs> you know, to go start their own thing and be an entrepreneur or manifest the next thing. But it's actually really refreshing to sit here and speak with you guys who really, really are passionate about the company you work with. Mm-hmm. Can you go into how each of you came to be a part of the company? Maybe was there a point that you manifested it from your last experience with your own version of what manifestation may be? And then also, you know, how you navigate lifestyle of being working for a company, but still meeting all of your needs. Because I think that's a lot of people's strife Mm -hmm. is like, they can't wait to get out to be free. So how you manifested it, how it is working for the company and how you balance it with your life. Uh, yeah, I can start. I have actually been at Koyuchi for just over seven years. Wow. (laughs) So I was thinking about it coming out here that like, it was September of 2012 when I started working for the company. And there are just so many aspects of my specific role in production and sustainability um, that I love and also about being at a brand like Koyuchi. But I think probably the most important thing to me is that I don't have to compromise. Like I haven't had to compromise in my values, in my day-to-day. And that's been really important Part of it is the story that Sajal just told. Um, We have vendors. I work closely with our vendors. We have vendors and farm partners who Christine actually worked with in the very beginning when she was still part of the company. Can you elaborate Um, on the value system as well as the partnerships? Yeah. So So the mission of the company is not short, (laughs) but again, it's uncompromising. The mission is centered around, I'll say, five things. So material is at the heart of the company. We only source organic materials. We only source natural materials Uh, in terms of chemicals, because in textiles, you have to have chemicals. That's something that people are always surprised by. They Mm -hmm. constantly think organic or natural means there's zero chemicals, and that's just not possible. Um, but we approach chemicals in a way where we put the safety of each user of the people who are making our product, whether, um, growing the materials in the raw form or processing the materials are going to be as safe as they can be. Mm -hmm. Then we have, uh, people. So of course, uh, again, the people who are growing the materials, who are making the products are all going to be uh, respected. And we follow the International Labor Organization for labor rights. Um, and then we also have a bunch of fair trade partners. And fair trade's an awesome organization. There are a couple of different branches. We work closely with Fair Trade USA in Oakland, mm-hmm. and they have a program where they're looking at the living wage in each area where you're making your products um, and calculating if there's any difference between what they're being paid and what they should be making to be considered a living wage. And they help you as a company offset what that amount would be. Um, So that's really, really cool. Um, The other aspect of Koichi, which I think you touched on in your personal story, is the importance of design. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, an ethos to evoke the coast. 
in all of our products. Through, and the naming. Yeah. The and, and the naming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that covers like sort of a restorative palette. You'll see a lot of blues, a lot of grays in our palette, things that evoke the ocean. Um, we've branched out a little bit, but still, you know, trying to keep a natural palette that feels very down to earth and can help you and your home create a space um, that's feels like your own sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also think a lot about hand feel. And so how do you have fabrics in your home that evoke comfort mm-hmm. and relaxation? Um, so we're always like going around feeling fabrics um, during development, during production, after production, um, and even after use. So we want to make sure that anything that somebody buys, you know, can last, you know, however, 10, 20 years. Again, I still um, have that towel. Yeah. It's my like signature beach towel yeah. and it's totally lasted me. Yeah. Can you go a bit more just to educate myself and then the common listener about, cause my fiance who has his own brand, that's like fully sustainable. He, it's like, he laughs all the time when H&M comes out with a collection that's <laughs> organic, you know? And yeah, I think a lot of people are trying to optimize on this movement that they see that there's a, a pretty high profit line, you know, and playing on words. How I would love to hear more about that process of organic because I do know that this particular brand has that quality and all of the things that you just hit and what you told us about. Like how I guess what am I really trying to ask is if you can just explain the process of how you guys go from the moment that you pick a raw material to development and how you can keep it as clean and clear as possible. Because like you said, nothing can be fully, fully chemical free. Yeah, that's a great question. It's actually uh, at the core, I think, of what we've been trying to do, especially since I joined the company um, in 2012. But there's a certification called the Global Organic Textile Standard, or GOTS for short. Uh, And Koyuchi is certified to that standard because it covers not only the raw material, but it covers that material through the entire supply chain. So you can sometimes see products that are called natural or, you know, more specifically organic. And unless they really say GOTS, that raw material could have been processed. It could have been dyed. Even dyed. Anything. Um, And so it's important for us to be able to have a chain of custody that is protecting what is being grown um, all the way through to the end product. So, you know, in our supply chain, most of the organic cotton in the world is grown in India. So mm-hmm. we work with a lot of farmers in uh, different regions of India. And so they have a specific countrywide organic certification within that country because the crop is so important to them as a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so after that, then Every single partner, including Koyuchi, has to have their own certificate to GOTS in order to work with the raw material. Um, And that's super important for us to be able to verify. It's not ideal because it involves cost for certification by everybody. But right now, it's the best way we have to maintain uh, that purity and integrity. And this is kind of my question. And I'm getting us off on a tangent. I do want to go back to your story. But being a business owner now and understanding bottom lines and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, how are you guys able to maintain and scale at this level of integrity 
the pro- I mean, the product we have it all over the house. We'll get into that more. The forest house, and it's just. I mean, it's incredible. I just am curious, you know, your strategy behind that for the person who wants to start a company or for the person who has a business and wants to have more integrity and, you know, go to these places that require a lot more money and, you know, certification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that is that, you know, we weren't profitable initially, right? And so the company didn't sacrifice the quality um, in order to be profitable. I, I think really what was really important for Koyuchi was let's make sure we establish these relationships, but let's make sure everybody in the supply chain is getting their fair wage. And then, you know, we really kind of, I guess, manifested it. You know, we did believe that, you know, that would come to fruition and we people would start to see the product for what it was and then we would become profitable. And so we are a profitable company now and we're still a small company and growing. And so it's really important for us to be able to do both. But, you know, I think we, we stepped into it without sacrificing what we believed in. Incredible. Now going back to the listener who wants to be expanded that they're working for or can find the company to work for, you know, that's not the one who's out there wanting to be the entrepreneur to find sort of their dream job, just hearing more of how you manifested it. And clearly it's an amazing company. If they've kept you around for seven, <laughs> seven years, you know, and you haven't fleeted somewhere else. So I'd love to go into that more from both of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, it was a little different. I think my journey was much longer before I got to where I am. I've been in e-commerce for probably over 16 years and I love that space. I love you know, learning about the customer and selling products online and, you know, understanding data. And so for me, kind of what the product was, was somewhat secondary to learning about the customer and how they behave. You know, I worked at a bunch of different companies selling computers online or skincare online and, and most recently before Koyuchi Fast Fashion. And I think that's really where, you know, I started to kind of open my eyes to actually the product does matter, Mm -hmm. you know, no amount of marketing and money, you know, will make up for, you know, what you're putting out there in the world. And I think myself personally, I lived a more organic lifestyle. Um, I was really environmentally conscious. I was worried about what, you know, what's happening with climate change and, and then working for a company that was truly all about, you know, how many new products can we launch a week and, you know, how cheaply can we make them and sell them? Um, that really kind of was a turning point for me. And so, um, I started kind of looking, for a job, not knowing that I could find that in my job, right? I think I was starting to live a different life, not knowing that it, it existed in my work life as well. And and I got a call from a recruiter and mm. yeah, it was, it was really random. I had changed my LinkedIn to looking and within like a week or two, um, I had um, gotten this call and had this incredible experience talking to the recruiter later came in and met with the CEO of Koichi and it was I think it was supposed to be like an hour long interview and I was in there for like two or two and a half hours. Incredible. <laughs> and, wow. Um and you know we had a lot in common and and I walked out of there going, yeah, you know, this completely aligns with, you know, who I am and mm. and I didn't have to be a different person um, at work versus at home. And now the two can really blend together. And now kind of the research I do for work is stuff that I like to read on my own personally. And, um, Margo's been great because she, you know, has so many years in this business and sending over articles about, 
sustainability. And it's been great really just learning a lot more and the deeper in I get, the more I'm just fascinated. And I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is being able to teach. I love being able to, you know, show people that there is a different way. Um, and if you get to do it as your job, that's kind of a bonus. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the dream. And for you, Margo, somebody who's been with the company for seven years, how, how are you able to keep growing and have your interests met to stay? And then, you know, is the company really receptive of the things you're creatively inspired by? I think those are probably key components for longevity in a company. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I don't think I can separate my own growth with like the growth of the product team, which is where I work. It's happened so organically. It's really kind of amazing. Um, I started just interning for the company a few days a week, learning the vendors, learning the different product names and the materials. And honestly, in turn, like the company has taught me so much. So Mm. even just something as simple as cotton, I mean, there's a reason we've been using cotton and textiles for forever as, uh, you know, humans, because it can be spun into so many different qualities of yarns. It can be woven into so many different fabrics, knit into so many different fabrics. So that process materially has been super interesting for me. And then, you know, it's everything has evolved with what I've been sort of in tune with. So in terms of certifications and looking at, okay, now we have an organic certification. Now, how do we apply that? How do we work with that? you know, systematically, how do we set up a system so we get all the certificates that guarantee that what we say we're getting, we're getting, you know, that takes a lot of time to establish. And then there are all kinds of different areas in terms of production where you have to look for textiles. So in terms of the chemicals, which is probably the other biggest area besides raw materials where there's impact, uh, we look really carefully at where are our suppliers buying their chemicals and what are they using? So with GOTS, there's an approved inputs list. So mm. they're looking at chemicals that have already been reviewed by a third party. And that's super important to us because we're, I'm not a toxicologist. No one on our team is a tox- trained toxicologist. So yeah. to have somebody else doing that legwork really helps. And so recently, I, about a year or so ago, we partnered with a group called MadeSafe. Um, and so they're sort of a relatively new nonprofit in the bedding and home textile space. They've up to then had just developed a system for reviewing more personal care products, cleaning products, things like that. But they were looking at trying to expand the kinds of products they were looking at. And so we partnered with them. So it's it's evolving and finding new partners that help you sort of understand what you're building and the kinds of risks that are out there that you need to be seriously taking into consideration for yourself, but also for, you know, all the customers. And humanity and the planet and the ocean and all the things. And it was really interesting because when I started, you know, obviously I was trying to learn about all of these different certifications and, you know, how we talk about them to the consumer. And I think the more I dug, the more I realized like, this isn't just like a marketing ploy, like it literally everyone lives and breathes this. And so it, you know, for me, it was like, it wasn't just 
this one thing. Like I think there's tons of brands out there that are like, for everything you buy, we we donate this one thing. It's like, no, actually for this grouping of product, we do these things. And then for this, we do those things because that's what's actually important for that farmer or that particular space. And so um, we work with a, um, a group up in Northern California called Fiber Shed, and they actually work with these, it's like a farmer co-op, mm. and um, they figured out a way to kind of sequester the um, the carbon in the soil, and so it doesn't actually get emitted into mm. the environment. And so all of our wool that we sell comes from Northern California, from these sheep, from these farms that are actually figuring this stuff out. And it's a small co-op, but it's like we get to really work hands-on with these tiny little farms and and people. And and that's what's really exciting. It's like where we don't just have a one-liner because it, it's deep. <laughs> you oh, know, no, as, it's so deep. As, as, as Mar- yeah, as like Margo said. Back, like yeah, all that. Yeah, but yeah. I think people are really undereducated about the eco-balance or yeah. what would you call that? The Because a lot of people I don't think realize when you do those one-liners, it really disrupts a lot for yeah. the ecosystem. And, the, and I don't just mean the ecosystem on the planet, but the ecosystem of people's livelihoods, you know? Right. There's a company, obviously, who gives back a shoe for every purchase. Yeah. And then you start to speak to the local people who were the craftsmen who make shoes and that was their livelihood. And now in those specific regions, they don't have jobs anymore. Right. So there's an ecosystem. And I think the exact direction that your company is taking is absolutely important to not disrupt that. Right. And then how can you make the world back to what it was in like 300 years ago? Yeah, That's going to be a tough one. We're trying slowly. I know. Um, But yeah, there's in India, um, there's even, you know, a factory we work with that has like zero water waste as well. And so there's, there's a lot of really cool things that, you know, as you dig in, you really start to learn, but there's no way, you know, as a consumer come, coming to your website, you can't like throw these <laughs> hundreds of things at them. So as a marketer, it's been, it's been interesting, it's so but it's, it's yeah. humbling, you know, because it's like, finally, there's actually a company that like, it's not a one-liner. Yeah. And, and how do you do the brand positioning correctly? And yeah. this is really the important space. I think that's why these conversations are so important to have and you know getting back to myself again who was broke and had that one towel and I think a hand towel I love that story (laughs) you know but just knowing that being aspirational for saving up for this type of stuff or putting it as the thing you want for the holiday season you know that you're I used to do that all the time when I couldn't afford something nice that's where my you know list for the holidays for my family it would be like that one piece that's going to make me feel good well you're also buying into this you know you're buying into this responsibility you know, and so I want to pivot to just two more environmental things because I think they're really important to discuss and to educate people on. But one of the biggest landfill problems is clothing, is, you know, fabrics going into landfills. And then, I mean, I don't know if it's as big of a problem as plastic, but it's a pretty True. big problem, right? Yeah. What, do you, what do you guys speak to that? I'm sure you're educated on that. Yeah. So we actually, we have two programs that we put in place and primarily to kind of solve this problem, right? We've been around for 28 years. We know that our product is out there and we've done everything to make sure that our product is quality and doesn't fall apart after however many washes. And so, however, because we've been around for a while, we realize people also like to refresh their bedding or refresh their looks um, and wanting to make sure that we know what's happening with that product when it's end of life. And so 
we developed a program called Second Home, mm-hmm. and it allows you to send back your old Koyuchi linens, mm. and we actually pay for you to ship it back to us. What? Yeah, so we'll give you a free shipping label to send it back to us, and we work with a third party to upcycle, renew, and recycle this product. And so anything that can be um, washed and cleaned and resold, we actually sell it up in our store in Point Reyes. Mm. And it's sold at a discount and packaged. Yeah, Yeah, like seconds. And it's packaged that way. And so a lot of people who can actually, you know, afford Koyuchi love going up to that store because they can find these gems and so we get a lot of people that just kind of wander in off the streets because they're just like, wow, what do you have today, right? Because it's oh, always going to be different. It's a find, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the other part of it is that we're anything that is, you know, to the point where we can't uh, upsell it or up- upcycle it, um, we actually um, will take all of that fabric and store it. And we're working on a 100% fully recycled product. Um, that we'll be able to kind of put out there. And so that circularity is really important to our business and wanting to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of the stuff that's going out there and finding a home for it when when it's end of life. We also have a program called Koyuchi for Life, which is um, more of a subscription program, but I call it like a rent to own type of a thing. Wow. And so basically you would pay somewhere between 5 and $12 a month and um, you would get the product right away mm-hmm. um, and just pay for it over the course of 6, 12, or 24 months. Wow. And at the end of that time period, you can decide to keep the product because you've paid for it by then. You're leasing it. You're leasing yeah. it, but there's no like interest rate, I right? totally <laughs> bought into that at 27. Totally. And then wow. um, at the end of it, you can keep it or send it back to us. And again, if you send it back to us, we work it through the second home program where we're upcycle recycling or renewing it so you guys have really tried every i mean i'm, I'm We're trying. trying to stump you here but <laughs> like, you guys have thought of every angle to make yeah. this as sustainable and as accessible we try as and you know and i think one thing that's really amazing is we don't ever stop right like mm-hmm. we realize that this isn't the end all be all and we also really believe in conscious consumerism and so you know if you don't need to buy something, don't buy it. But if you are going to buy something, buy something of quality that's mm-hmm. going to last you generations. Like, I can't imagine how many beach towels I had been through in my past. Sure. And now that I've discovered something that can actually last and, you know, isn't, you know, a fast fashion-y type of product, it like will always be timeless and beautiful. And so, you know, really starting to think that. And I think people are thinking about their clothing that way. Um, so it's great to start to think about, you know, your home and your bedding in that way as well. And now I'm going to try to stump you. Okay, do you have do a give back program too? A give back program. So we do. We have a you program. Yeah, we have a program called 1% for the planet, where 1% of the proceeds of um, certain products and during our holiday season it's pretty much everything on our site um, goes back into this fund and then we can designate where we want that one percent to go and ours is designated to fiber shed which is this wool um, farming co-op in northern california that i talked about who needs that oh i, yeah. well, I just think that's really yeah. really beautiful yeah. let's talk self-care Let's get it. Let's pivot there. I also think it's just an important conversation for the person who's listening like me, who's struggled with endocrine issues. And now I'm on this really specific health protocol that calls for everything being totally unscented, completely raw. How can we, you know, obviously you have an accessible program now where there's a potential of literally leasing 
(laughs) That's incredible. I've never even thought of that in business in in this realm. And I think that's so smart and amazing. What can you speak to for the person who's sensitive or who is looking for self-care and they are inspired through this brand? So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. I think that self-care is something we talk about, you know, recently we've been thinking about, you know, clean sleeping and a clean bedroom and how do you create that? And I think that for us, like we want everything in our assortment to be able to work for somebody who might be looking for products that will be safe for their homes. And with organic, I mean, and the GOT certification, Fortunately, with that approved inputs list, pretty much everything um, has been tested for human safety, environmental safety, marine safety. Um, Of course, we go further than that with made safe product. But I think one thing we have talked about internally a lot is the relationship between fiber and food and how actually, especially with natural materials, they're pretty close. So we're not ingesting them and they're not going through our digestive system, but everything that we wear or what we sleep on, you know, the skin is our largest organ. So it's absorbing into us. And the problem with fiber compared to food is that there's no ingredient list. We don't have to disclose anything besides like the the fiber content, exactly. but everything that's used to get there is a secret, really. Mm-hmm. It's proprietary. It's something we face to this day. Um, even Koyuchi, who's been around doing this for 28 years, there are still programs where we don't know exactly what the chemicals are, but that's why it's important for us to have third-party certifications who will look at it for us and determine that, you know, there are all these chemicals, 40, 50 chemicals, but you know, we, we know what they are and they're okay to use. Um, so that's super important for us to be able to say with confidence, I will say that being said, 
you know, I, for one, am super sensitive to VOCs, you know, these volatile organic compounds that you can't necessarily smell or see. Mm -hmm. Um, Anytime I have something new in my home or my environment, you know, I can get like super sensitive in terms of my respiratory system. And so organic for me, bedding's the worst of it because I'm staying in it for eight hours in the night and especially pillows and mattresses, Mm -hmm. like specifically. So totally, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think with, you know, we sell a naturopedic mattress and naturopedic is sort of like a Koyuchi for more of those like home products, the mattresses, the pillows, the mattress pads. Is this the new pillow? So not yet. Okay, okay, we'll get into that next because we'll I'm curious next. about Well, that. I think it's good to even just like educate people on like what is in absolutely pillows and mattresses because I, I, yeah, that's, that's, that definitely scared me when I yeah. <laughs> learned this. So a lot of mattresses are made with polyurethane foam or some kind of foam. And foams are terrifying when we are developing this new um, pillow called the Serenity Pillow, even with latex, people can pour anything they want into the foam. Literally anything. We had one vendor tell us that they've heard of crushed up shells Mm. as an ingredient in synthetic foam. So that's not as scary as, you know, (laughs) like a carcinogen or a heavy metal. But heavy metals are also used in the production um, of polyester, for instance. But so polyurethane foam, you know, it's made out of fossil fuels. So that's one thing that, you know, at Koyuchi, we don't believe in supporting. but there are all kinds of VOCs that can be emitted from that foam. But more importantly, what keeps, uh, I think, those foams separate from an organic mattress is the use of flame retardants. So foam is highly combustible uh, when it's made out of the polyurethane. You have to combine it with flame retardants. It's a law mm-hmm. in this country. Whereas in natural materials where cotton, natural latex, wool, um, those have those are don't combust as easily. And so for instance, at Koyuchi, we have a no flame retardants policy. So we're able to pass all the flammability requirements for our mattress, which is made by Naturopedic, for our um, mattress pad, which is 100% organic cotton on the shell, but also in the fill and the padding. And that's really uncommon. There's no other I think, organic cotton mattress pad on the market like that. So you're avoiding the flame retardants. You're avoiding some really intense VOCs. In pillows, there are not as many studies showing, you know, what's coming out of your pillows is dangerous. But again, if you're using those same materials, you know, you can assume that they're probably there. And they're seeping into your skin. And they're seeping in your skin. You're inhaling them. They're going into the dust in your home. So your pets, you know, kids, et cetera, who are on the floor more Mm -hmm. are just, you know, ingesting those at a far higher rate than adults. And so with our new pillow, (laughs) this is the one I I actually know nothing about this, but I just saw my friend Sheba Rose post and I'm like, what the fuck is that? That's so cool. It's it's such a cool story. It's a game changer. Um, So it's made out of hundred percent natural rubber latex. So Mm -hmm. it's just the rubber um, sap tap from trees, which are grown in Sri Lanka. Um, And there are inputs. You have to use inputs in it. Um, to preserve it because it'll spoil super fast, Mm. you know, get a bunch of bacteria in it. They're out like in plantations, like, you know, two, three hours away from the factory. Um, And, but basically it's, has to be 95% 
at least 95% natural rubber sap to be considered organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we're using for this pillow. And what's so cool about it, besides the material part, is that there are these indentations. So we worked with a sleep consultant who had done extensive sleep research at Stanford University in his past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on one side, there are these two ear wells. That's what she was talking about. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I need I don't even out. sleep on my side. I'm a back sleeper. And I are am you? now sleeping on my side <gasps> because I just naturally roll my ear into these little cutouts. And is it meant to help with wrinkling or something? Like, what is that? So it's meant to help um, prevent wrinkling because otherwise you're yeah. like pushing up on your cheek. Yeah. But also like ear discomfort. We've had a ton of um, feedback from people who have ear piercings who are like, I oh, never yeah, have been absolutely. comfortable sleeping on my ear and now I am. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, then, I can't even wear earrings at night because of that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so it's like either your cheek or your ear can fit in this ear well, which is really nice. And it's like a natural feeling. Like I feel like my adrenal glands and everything are just like draining. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then on the underside actually is a little counterintuitive. There's uh, a bigger hole that sort of looks like your head would go in it, but what it does is it goes underneath on the bottom so that there's like a little more support on the edge of the pillow. So it's positioning your head in a way that keeps your airways open. So, you know, if you have like sleep apnea or some serious sleep issues, yeah, you know, any type this of is snoring, not yeah. meant to like cure that, totally. but it certainly can help. So that you're breathing your airways, yeah. properly when you're sleeping, you're not waking up with like all kinds of crooks or discomfort. It's just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> I'm also really curious, just on a total side note, what were some of the other highlights uh, that he spoke about for for really incredible regenerative, regenerative sleep? I know. I'm. I don't know. It was just a side note because I'm like always the, trying to hack what's the best. Yeah, I mean, I think there's the typical things that everyone says, the right? Is like making sure that it's very cool and mm-hmm. that it's very dark. And so we also like have these organic sleep masks. That oh, we tell me about that. With. I didn't even see those. Yeah, so they're they're pretty affordable. They're eighteen dollars. Wow, but that's they're, like really affordable. Yeah, and they're 100 percent organic cotton, and um, we have them in three colors, and they're pretty massive. <laughs> so they just kind of like cover your face when you sleep. And, um, and yeah, so it's like total darkness, cooling. I think all of those things, yeah. you know, listening to breathing, soothing, such as yeah. like and also cooling. not being on your phone right before you go to bed. And Huge. I'm guilty of this. Yeah. And, um, I think that was one of the big things behind this pillow as well is that in this day and age, like we're constantly on the computer, on our phones, watch binging on Netflix, like our necks are in unnatural positions all day. And, um, you know, if there's one way we can help with that, and it was really this pillow so that you could really be able to sleep comfortably. And, um, you know, I think the thing with the latex pillow that I found really my favorite story of all of this was that Margot and actually our CEO went to Sri Lanka to visit these rubber trees um, in this forest. And um, did walking. anybody document that? I'd love to see that. Did you get pictures? I have like my personal photography, which oh I can my. show you. <laughs> I want to see even what the trees look like. Yeah. Google rubber tree. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's kind of like maple trees, right? Where you wow. tap the maple tree and the maple syrup comes out of the tree. The latex is very similar. It, it's like this, it just oozes out of the tree. Um, but one of the things that was super interesting that our CEO shared with me when she got back was like, yeah, the guy giving me the tour didn't tell me this till later, but apparently leeches like to hang out in these trees yeah, of and they just like drop down on you. 
and she's like I, yeah. I, I swear I felt something but I don't know <laughs> oh my god um, yeah so it's it's a dirty job out there yeah, yeah, but yeah. someone yeah, has someone to, do has to, to do bring the serenity pillows <laughs> forward I love that well, I want to talk a little bit about the house because you guys have supplied, you know, we've partnered together and you guys have supplied a lot for the house. And I really went the organic linen route. That was mm-hmm. like really, which has been really special throughout the house. And then we have the Ojai towels that are what people take to the river. I ordered selfishly up there that I have one of the robes, you know, and nice. it's the shower curtain. But I just want to talk a little bit about like how it could be because the house is situated in a forest. So you're forest bathing and I really mm-hmm. hacked this house to make it like such a biohacked house. I just want to hear a little bit more about the benefits of the person who is sleeping with the organic bedding or, you know, is there any research done on that or anything for me who just will probably Google this after (laughs) I'm insane. What are some of the benefits in, in this material? So we, you know, we kind of talked about foam and some of the hazards that go along with using that material. I think with chemicals, it's hard because there's definitely research being done on some of these chemicals that are used in production, but it's hard to like isolate just one type of product with a, with a chemical in it uh, to being the cause of X, Y, or Z. I think the real concern that, you know, experts in uh, that we've talked to who work for some of these organizations looking at safety uh, is, you know, the accumulation over time. It's all the exposure points. So like the pesticide residue on your sheet Mm -hmm. or on your robe Mm -hmm. might be really small, but you're exposed to that, you know, through the soil, through the food. Completely through the Um, air. Through the air. uh, Indoors, you know, there's new uh, research on the air quality inside and actually that it might be incredibly hazardous because Mm -hmm. of all of the different materials we have inside of our spaces that are offsetting. Yeah. That are offsetting. And so I think what we're finding in terms of organic textiles, that's so important for us is that the industry is moving towards a place where that no longer is okay. And we're saying that, you know, the burden of proof used to be on the customer to say, I'm sick from this. It's your, you know, whatever chemical that's making me sick away from that, which is just doesn't work. It's not logical uh, to where the manufacturer of a chemical needs to actually prove that it's safe Mm -hmm. to use in the first place. Um, And so that's why working with groups like GOTS and Made Safe is so important. It's not just looking at, you know, the end product safety, which there's another certification, which you see out there called Ecotex Mm. uh, 100, which is a great standard. A lot of our vendors use it. Um, It it tests a product and says that it's okay to be used on the market. Um, But that's the end product. It takes zero consideration of everything that's used. Mm. And it's not necessarily saying it's organic. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I think that that's, you know, another piece of it, you know, when you were asking about the linen, so our linen is organic and it's really hard to find organic linen. There's definitely plenty of linen out in the marketplace. Um, but growing flax is really, this was really interesting to me is that you can actually only plant flax on one plot of land every seven years. What? And so linen as it is, is really rare. And then in order for it to be organic in the off years, the off seven years, 
what you grow on that land needs to also be organic. And so a lot of the farmers are growing, you know, food, you know, fruits, vegetables, all of those other things that are organic. And so it's this fully like circular type of a, you know, beast. And I kind of love that because it really is, you know, we're growing the the flax for the sheets, but then they're also growing the food that you eat and all of that goes into the soil. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not putting chemicals into the soil, then it's, you know, it's this whole ecosystem that you're creating, um, which is really beautiful. And so cyclical and important. Yeah. But I was shocked to find that like, I think it's only 1% of cotton and only 1% of linen is actually organic. That's Like there should be more, right? And we're all on about like GMO foods over here. Yeah. And and there really should be more. And a big part of it is, is the consumer, right? Like the consumer has the power to say like, we're actually only going to buy organic. I mean, that's kind of how Amazon bought whole foods. It's like, it was a whole movement of people saying, actually, I'm only going to eat organic. Mm -hmm. And you see local grocers that never used to carry organic foods now carrying organic foods because they're making money off of it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, interesting. It's a totally different mindset and it's like basically a huge systems change. I mean, just going back to conventional sheets, not organic sheets, for instance, you know, I, I go into a retailer and I see, you know, easy care, anti-wrinkle, anti-odor, you know, there are all these different angles for like how you can buy a sheet that's going to make your life so simple. But that is so counterintuitive. Why should it be that simple? And what does that mean? Like those finishes usually mean a chemical has been added. And now we're finding out that a lot of those are dangerous. Like to make something stain repellent or water repellent, you're using a class of chemicals called PFAS or PFOs. And I won't go into too much of this partially because, again, I'm not a toxicologist, yeah. but they're called forever chemicals amongst chemists wow. because they never break down. We have these chemicals just outside, like in our environment. You know, I don't want these in my home, let alone like in when the soil you sleep that we for all showers a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh so it's, it's really kind of disturbing the more you, you find out about how little everyone knows about what some of these finishes are. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's mind blowing. And how often we forget, you know, when we're not directly in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's worth considering a lot more often than yeah. we are. The anti-wrinkle one threw me off because like, I mean, most men's shirts are like anti-wrinkle because they're wearing dress shirts and things like that. And I don't know if you want to speak to what's Yeah. That, so but. that can often use inputs that have formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, you know, in Europe, yeah, yeah. Europe, they've, you know, banned formaldehyde in textiles, which is great. But in the U.S., we don't have that. Um, and so, you know, here we are all walking around you know, people, men are wearing these anti-wrinkle shirts. There are plenty of anti-wrinkle sheets that, Mm -hmm. you know, you see on the shelves still to this day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, what's really important, it's like now I check labels, like, like I used to on food, like you check your labels of things you're eating. I'm now checking them on clothing. Right. And, and most of the time it's like, where do you find that on the site? um, You know, for somebody who wants to educate themselves. Yeah. So on the site, typically most websites will disclose what's in it. And then even when you're in a store looking at the label, I always tend to find like someone's calling something cotton. And when I look at the label, it's like 80% cotton and then oh, 20% yeah. polyester. And it's just like, why did you blend it? You know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think what's super interesting and, you know, I don't want to scare everyone about, you know, chemicals and all of these things, but you know, what, 
what we kind of fundamentally have to go back to is like the rawest form is typically the best. And so if you look at um, 100% cotton, it's super breathable. Like it is a performance fabric in its own. You don't need polyester for that, right? Completely. It's so interesting. My body's always been so sensitive that I literally cannot wear viscose or things of such. Like I can only wear 100% of a material. Otherwise, it just gets like horrific bio smells because <laughs> my body literally can't breathe your body's rejecting it rejecting yeah. it entirely it's rejecting That's it awesome. and also i think it's it's dumping you know the excess it's having to excrete is that how i say it yeah the excess chemicals yeah. you know out of the body so yeah i just i really think this is so important i really feel that i manifested koyuchi and i'll tell you a little story about this because not only obviously did I discover you guys when I was young and have always, you know, seen this as an aspirational brand that hits a lot of notes. Like it hits an internal note of, you know, it feels very Marin to me, you know, <laughs> so you get that, that cozy quality Northern California feel you're buying into a lifestyle, but a very, very responsible and quality lifestyle. But I had been offered this opportunity Uh, it was so interesting of the process of manifestation that I follow. I had been offered this opportunity to go to this farm that I'd been wanting to go to for a very long time, like fly over first class, do the whole thing. And then brand with this come and unpaid. Cause I, like, again, we've partnered together and this isn't paid. Yeah. You guys came and were like, we're interested in, you know, doing something to collaborate. And I was like, I know just the thing, the house, <laughs> you know, so everybody can experience it when they come. Yeah. So this other thing had come in front of me and it was like, seemed like a dream opportunity, but I would be so exhausted while being there. And I have severe like endocrine issues that make me very fatigued. And I had to stand in my power and be like, thank you so much for this opportunity, but I can't literally physically do this. Right. And literally the next day you guys reached out and I was like, Oh, oh my God. Okay. And that's what I believe in manifestation. <laughs> I know is that we call, you know, wow. it's like we're tested, you know, are you going to settle? And then the moment I was like, boy, am I passing up a really shiny opportunity. I would be stupid. Somebody else is going to benefit from this so much. This brand that I had been loving and, you know, had really been aspiring to forever reached out to collaborate. And you guys have been amazing. I mean, I think I asked above and beyond to supply a lot of the house bedding. Again, this is totally unpaid. I just believe in the brand so much that I'm just so grateful that we get to collaborate in this way. What do you have on your beds right now? Oh, I have linen. And so prior to working at Koyuchi, I had no idea linen was a thing in bedding. And it is pretty luxurious. Oh, it's everything. My fiance, I, I, again, was something else I would always aspire to because I would go when I would travel to France with my ex. His mother would always be like, I'm buying that 200-year-old flax, like old French sheets. So I'd always be like, linen, you know, it's it's like the thing, the quality. French flax. It yeah, is. French or Belgian. Wow, so, which is the quality. Yeah, yeah. and also <laughs> the redding process in Europe is different from in China. So they field red, which means that they leave the cut plant in the fields wow. to naturally break down wow. the outer, so it becomes outer core. Yeah. And so the bacteria eats away. And that's why sometimes the color can vary so much in natural linen. It can be pretty gray to brown. Um, is depending on both the the weather, the um, temperature, and then that how long that bacterial process that decomposition takes place. Incredible. So it's pretty cool. 
Oh, and then it was my current fiance who only has white linen sheets usually. Oh, wow. Although I'm really wow. drawn in Koichi, which everybody will see at the house, is the raw, the, the more gray. Yeah, that, that is, is so beautiful. So beautiful. That's what I have too. And it's weighted, which I will it's say really is a self care tip that when you're sleeping, especially under the duvet and the sheets, it's more weighted. So it really does, if it's a cooler environment, because here in Topanga, we get that, you know, the coastal. What is it? Like, from, I don't know, fog, mist. Yeah. Uh, it's the marine layer. It comes up and you have that weightedness on you sleeping that it creates this deeper experience. I was actually just waking up this morning and I have it right now on our duvet here. And it was that moment I was like, why, why is this so heavy? And it is because it's, it's a more raw weighted linen. It is. It's actually interesting because there are you know other linen sheets on the market and, and I've gone and like touched and filled a lot of them. And, and yeah, ours is much thicker. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And then what do you have on your bed, Margo? Uh, so I currently have our printed percale sheets, okay. uh, which were, um, we partner with this really cool group called Beyond Surface Technologies, BST for short. And they're basically a like a chemical innovation company and they only use bio-based materials. They don't use any petroleum products wow. to make their chemicals. Um, and so that was a really cool partnership wow. we worked on. And I have uh, an old classic called the Rustic Linen Blanket, which is this beautiful, like, slubby linen blanket that we don't sell anymore, but might come through a second home or Kuyuchi uh, for life. And then I have our double stitched sateen quilt which is this really it sort of has that weighted feel it's like i have extra that heavy. also that we have them at uh, the house and that is very weighted and yeah. very cozy yeah i love that i just like i need absolute darkness to fall asleep and mm. i need a little bit of pressure and it's just that perfect extra layer for pacifica so wow yeah well thank you both so much for thank being for here yeah it's so cute i can't wait to I know yeah. it'll be uh, it'll be all in it. <laughs> no, I'm like that's gonna be the guest mattress, and I'm gonna go get mattress for us. Yeah, my my mind's spinning, and I just thank you so much for the education because I really, really think what you guys are doing is so important. And I know as a company owner, going for all of those certifications and staying at that integrity is very expensive, and it really, really cuts the margin down a lot. But it's incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, I think something that Eileen, our CEO always, CEO always talks about is like, we've never had a conventional product. Mm -hmm. So fortunately we don't see, we don't have like anything to compare to. Perspective. Yeah. But at the same time, that also means that we don't get all the certifications at one time. Of like, course. Yeah. It does require like research. Is it worth it? How much of the business does this protect? And you know, who's really doing the work and where's like the benefit going so um and I think it definitely helps the consumer too because I think nowadays like I I mean I don't know about you but when I open my Instagram feed I'm everything with 8,000 companies mm -hmm. selling the same thing and you know it's like how do you tell the difference as a consumer because everyone's using the same sort of marketing lines um and so unless you really have a seal of approval through a third party verifying what you're doing is, is what's good for the environment and the people it's really difficult right and it's kind of how we look at food like the usda's you know organic seal is something that people now look for because anyone can call meat you know 
organic. Oh, yeah. It's not really. And now people are actually really looking for non-GMO at this yeah, point, right? Because exactly. you can't even trust that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I think what's really important, the ending note for anybody who really aspires to have a company like this or is in, in a company and in pursuit of, you know, deeper, deeper integrity to just see that it's possible, literally expanded to see, to believe mm-hmm. that it's possible to scale, to make it profitable while also making it as responsible for the environment, the consumer and the producer as possible. And I just, yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All righty. Oh, man, I'm just so inspired and impressed with brands like these that are really taking sustainability, quality and design to the next level. So if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody in your life or many that would enjoy this as well. And definitely give us a review with five stars. It's what pushes this to the top and allows us to keep bringing amazing content your way. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.